Hello, y'all. This is Tanya Joy, and I am so excited to announce my involvement with the Celebrity Softball Classic coming up on November 4th, 2023 at the Riders Field in Frisco, Texas. Never have I been honored to be part of a celebrity sports event ever. I know music and the stage. I am so excited because everything we're going to be doing is to benefit our veterans. There will be 200 tickets given away free to veterans, first responders, and their families for every $1,000 donation. So if you can help out, please go to CelebritySoftballClassic.org and donate today. We're also looking for corporate sponsors. Please call 817-308-5476. Go over to CelebritySoftballClassic.org and pick up your tickets now so that you can join us as we thank our veterans and first responders. We should be donating close to $200,000 to over 10 different charities. Past celebrities have included Matthew McConaughey, Isaiah Stanback from the Dallas Cowboys, Eric Warfield from the Kansas City Chiefs, Chaz Taylor, pro wrestler, Tommy Harris of the Chicago Bears, and this year, yours truly, Tanya Joy from the Tanya Joy Show. Please join me on November 4th in Frisco, Texas for the Celebrity Softball Classic. Grab your tickets now at CelebritySoftballClassic.org and help spread the word so that we can thank and support our veterans and first responders. God bless you, and I will see you there. In a world where most banks are prioritizing shareholder profits, Transact Card stands apart by putting its members first, and that's you. Join now and be part of the change. What if you could do your everyday transactions, getting gas, buying groceries, paying your house bills, and while you're doing that, making dollar for dollar back that you can then use to repurchase those items that you purchase anyway at a discount? Well, now that is possible. Check out Transact Card. This is revolutionizing the way we as conservatives shop and save and protect our money. One-time fee of $25, this card will link to your bank, and you just go about your business like you already do, except you use this card to swipe. And every time you swipe, you earn a dollar back. Don't miss this opportunity. Go to tanyajoy.transactcard.com today. That's tanyajoy.transactcard.com. Don't miss out. You're already spending money. It's time you started to make money. a nutritional hack anyone can master replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel or if you're a moth from the gym add a shake to your daily meal plan our unique meal shakes are balanced low glycemic rich in fiber 20 grams of clean protein essential vitamins and minerals healthy fat and organic fruits and vegetables kingdom feel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile bottom line it's a simple start to a transformed life no gimmicks just results start today Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the set of the Tanya Joy Show. Happy to see you here this afternoon. I hope you are having a fantastic day. Thank you for taking some time to listen to our show. You know what? If it wasn't for you, the viewer, we would not be doing this. This is for the purpose of bringing truth, of setting the captives free, of proclaiming this is the year of the favor of our Lord. The show started and was called Beauty for Ashes, and that's all based on Isaiah 61. We've had so many branding changes and different things just as the show has grown, but but the the root and the foundation of the show is Isaiah 61, and I don't want to ever forget that. Um, that is why I do what I do. That's what the Lord called me to to do and to proclaim. Um, so we're just glad to have you. Thank you for joining. You're going to enjoy this show today. I know many of our viewers, you are walking through similar things to what my guest has walked through today. And um, I know you're going to be encouraged by this. So before we bring him on, before I share a little bit about who he is, if you're new, please hit the like, subscribe, uh, the bell so that you get alert alerts for the show. And I want to also send you over to the website. We are getting the website up and, and kind of changed over a little bit, but you can go over to tanyajoy.tv. And if you would like to help continue the growth and the sustainability of the show, you can be an angel donator over there. 
All donations are tax deductible because we are set up as a nonprofit now. So if you go to tanyajoy.tv and hit that donate button, you'll be able to do that for any amount. Anything is is so helpful. I'm so grateful. I've got people that do $5 a month and, and I know uh, that that's like a cup of coffee. And you know what? I am grateful because this is what I'm doing full time. This is what the Lord has asked me to do. And it's a faith walk every day. So any amount that you support us, I'm just forever grateful. Um, I don't remember if there's anything else. Well, you can find us on Bless News Network over on Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick. So be sure you also check us out over there. That is an amazing conservative Christian channel that um, Jake Lang has started. He is a political prisoner, a J6 prisoner. Um, he's just, man, he's got an amazing story as well. We've done shows with him, but please support that channel. There's some other fantastic people on there. I'm, I'm amazed that our show is on there with all of the other fantastic hosts. But uh, we will continue to bring you the amazing guests, the truth, and all the things that God is doing. So today we've got George Carneal on the show. He was the son, is the son of a Baptist minister, and he was delivered from the homosexual lifestyle after 25 years. And all of you who know my story and have seen all the things, this story is just, it's like such a, a, a glimpse of hope for me because he has been delivered and he shares the reality of what that lifestyle is and why it is so imperative that we share the gospel and love to those that are trapped in this LGBTQ plus ABCDEFG bondage, right? So we're very excited to have him here today. We are going to highlight Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott before we get this show started. You know, he is our gold and silver guy. He loves the Lord. I trust him and um, just love what he's doing. So stick around and hear how you can protect your finances in the days and turmoil that we are in. And then we're going to get the show started and be back with George. You're not going to want to miss a minute. Go share this out right now before we even get started so that more people can jump on and that helps the algorithms. All right. God bless you. Hang tight. We will be right back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Okay, well, we weren't shocked. Now, welcome back to the show. As well, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we had such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an honor. Joshua Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am feeling so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because... What is prayer? I'm just Jewish, you know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. <laughs> Me too. Like, and that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You say it right. Good job. All right, the Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise. These people that get higher up, How? sometimes I've thought, Boy, these are glory days and not gloomy days. Like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, it, it, it kind of works. It's awesome work. about the tour. It's people like you. Good. I love the applause. That's cool. <laughs> there we go. Thank Hi, you. Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. Are you ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are glad to see you here today. George, welcome to the show. I am so honored and so happy to have you here today. Your story 
oh, I can't tell you how much hope it gives me. So I know it's going to touch so many lives. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tanya, for having me on. I yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start by you sharing a little bit of your background. And, and, and um, I know you probably have said this a million times, but for my viewers who haven't heard whatever, you, you know, the Lord highlights, um, give us, give us that background backstory. Okay. Well, my father's a Baptist minister and I wrote the book from queer to Christ because I wanted to just share with Christians what it's like for someone who is struggling with their faith and a same sex attraction and what really laid the foundation for me growing up to eventually move into the homosexual lifestyle, as well as give Christians insight on this issue. And my book isn't X-rated, but I don't sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. I try to give as much of a reality of that lifestyle and to hopefully equip Christians to better be able to witness to the individuals who are trapped in that bondage by sharing the truth of God's word in love. And I even take the talking points of a lot of the LGBT activists mm -hmm. and the liberal theologians, and I put them in the back of the book and I debunk that with scripture. So it will help wow. arm you when they start to add, you know, throw out the talking points because most of them are not going to sit down and read the truth of God's word. That's number one. And then for the parents to really hopefully give them some insight to the issue so they will know what to do and what not to do, because there is a right way and a wrong way to handle this as not to push your child into that life and cut off communication with you. As I most certainly deal with my parents, especially my father for four years. And lastly, I wanted LGBT individuals to read my story and regardless of where they are on their journey, if they feel, if they can be honest with themselves and say, I've spent some time in this life and I'm really not happy and I don't have peace. I want, or if you feel like a piece of garbage and you feel like God hates you and you feel like Jesus could never redeem you and you uh, want to commit suicide. I want you to know I've been there. I even attempted suicide. I know what it's like to feel like God couldn't love me. And I want to give those individuals hope and mm -hmm. to let you know that you are being lied to and you can, twist the, the word however you want, but I could never get peace. And so I want to say this to those LGBT individuals who may very be very cynical about me and what I'm about to say, but I am someone who fully lived that life. I was out and proud. I lived it for 25 years. I had hoped that God would give me peace about this being a homosexual and being in a committed monogamous relationship. And I was in so much turmoil and so depressed all the time. I just never had any peace. Mm -hmm. And I finally went before the Lord and I said, if it is okay to be in a committed monogamous same-sex relationship, I trust you will give me peace about it and put a good Christian man in my life. Because I want the LGBT individuals to know, I know what it's like to want to love and be loved. And for those who were raised in a Christian home, you want to please the Lord. And I know the weight of what it's like to be told you can only pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. But I also told God that if it is wrong under all circumstances, and if you will help me to know it, I will still follow you. And he gave me the answer. And I've been out of that life for 16 years. And wow. for the cynics who are going to say, well, are you attracted to women? It's not about whether I'm attracted to women or not. I can look at a woman and think, and I see a lot of beautiful women. I can look at a guy and see he's really good looking, but that grip and that need to go sleep with a man has been taken away from me. And God has given me healing even through counseling. And before the cynics and the haters come at me and say, well, you're just a uh, a Judas, you're a self-loathing, mentally ill homosexual. I want you to know I walked out of that lifestyle about a year to a year and a half, went on the path of celibacy before God even became part of the equation. That's wow. how sick and tired of that life that I was. I had seen the casualties of that life. Yeah. My friends and people that I knew who were drugged, raped, robbed, and murdered in that lifestyle, the dangers that come with that lifestyle, the sexually transmitted transmitted diseases. Mm -hmm. The number of people I know who dropped dead of AIDS, suicide, drug overdoses. And you want to convince me that it's a healthy, normal lifestyle. It isn't. And if you are miserable, it's not because Christians aren't accepting you. You're mm -hmm. miserable because you're doing something that God's word is clear that is it, it is an abomination and it is wicked. Mm 
And if you will look at Europe, the statistics for the suicide rates for the gays and lesbians and then the transgender individuals, they are comparable to those here in the U.S. The transgender issue and the suicide rate is so much higher. Mm -hmm. So it's showing it has nothing to do with people affirming you or not. Right. Because liberals are very, uh, I'm sorry, Europe is a very liberal country and they support this. So I'm hoping today that LGBT individuals will listen to this and just pause for a moment and maybe listen to a different narrative, but know that we are not coming from a place of attacking or belittling or talking down to. But the bottom line is this, God hates the sin of homosexuals, transgenders, but he also hates the sin of heterosexuals. Yeah. He loves all of us and redemption is available to all of us because of what Jesus did on the cross. Wow, man, that's such... (laughs) So good. There's so many directions and things that could come from that. Uh, amazing. How old were you when you first started? Uh, when you first started recognizing or feeling this, or or and I don't know if the word feeling is the right thing, but I know that that's a word that they use. Mm-hmm. That it's all feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, how old were you when that started? I was in first grade when I remember having an attraction to a little blonde girl in my class, but also a little brown-haired boy. But as things time went on in elementary school and junior high, I really found that that attraction toward boys was much stronger than it was for girls. Okay. And was it, and again, you said, I mean, we could talk about anything. Was there any trauma? Was there any abuse or any of that in your background? Not that I know of. I will tell you, Tanya, prior to five years of age, I have no recollection about anything with regard to my life. And I do have some Freemasonry in my background from relatives. So I'm still talking to the Lord about that to find out if there's any kind of abuse or ritual abuse. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Other than that, I just had the trauma of dealing with the bullies at school, being physically assaulted, one guy threatening to slit my throat, not to mention the trauma of just uh, the mean spirited Christians that I had dealt with. And, just feeling rejected. And when my father would speak about Sodom and Gomorrah, I just felt so attacked on every level, but I had no one to talk to about it and I didn't trust anyone. So there was a lot of shame, rejection, trauma, self-hatred. And I eventually just told God I hated him and I wanted nothing to do with him. And I walked away from the religious world when I turned 18. I fully went fully immersed in the LGBT lifestyle. And within three years, I was on drugs, battling out, battling alcohol, uh, I was a prostitute, suicidal, and I attempted suicide. That's how quickly I descended into that madness. And that's what people don't understand. Once it sucks you in, it's very dangerous. And it would still be another 22 years before the Lord would get me out of that life. Wow. During that time period, did you see, like looking back, right, by the time you got out of that and now, particularly the more you, you the farther we are, sometimes the more we see things. Mm-hmm. Did you see or do you see different points in time where the Lord tried to kind of get in and speak to you or, um, you know, or, or you would sense the presence of God during that time period? Absolutely. And I hope this will encourage the parents who feel their children are too far gone or that mm-hmm. God can't reach them. When I was fully immersed in that life and I was getting ready to go into a gay bar one night, uh, Tanya, I had several friends around me, but as we were walking to the club, God turned all of the noise down around me. And I talk about this in my book, but he actually said to me, if you were to die tonight, would you go to hell? I mean, it stopped me in my tracks. I knew it was God, but Tanya was so angry. I just dismissed him and I went on into the club and believe me in hindsight, there are so many times I've thanked the good Lord for not taking my life that night because I really don't know where I would have spent eternity, but I can actually tell you of other instances where I was in some dangerous situations where I know God stepped up and and pulled me out of there. I should be dead, but by the grace of God, I think it was the prayers of my parents, my father, who's a pastor and my Christian friends who love me enough, who always respected me and treated me well, but they always kept me tethered to the word and just kept reminding me, George, you know, it's wrong, but God loves you. And I knew they loved me and I knew they were coming from a place of love. And as my father said to me, son, I'm not coming to you from a worldly perspective. I'm coming to you from an eternal perspective because I can't imagine you dying and going to hell and I not have eternal fellowship with you. 
And when he worded it that way, it was a game changer in terms of me being able to understand that my father doesn't hate me. He really does love me. Even though Tanya, as you may know, when you're, when a parent is telling you something that you don't agree with, and especially this issue, I just felt like the one person that should understand would be my father and that yeah. he would want me to love and be loved. But it felt like he was just taking a knife and twisting it in me. And we would have some real blowups and some real battles. I would just scream and yell at him and cry. I would just be so frustrated, but I thank God he was patient with me. Uh, it's really tough because again, the individuals want to love and be loved. And if you have to think about leaving that life and, and if God doesn't change your feelings, are you going to grow old and be alone? And it's really a struggle. It really yeah. Is. Were you in contact with your with your parents during those 25 years as well? Rarely I was. Again, I cut my father off for four years. And, okay. and to let you know how God worked one night, the night that he called me after this four year silence, I was actually contemplating suicide. And when he called me, I was so desperate for him. I was at such rock bottom, such a low place that I all of our differences didn't matter to me. And it was the beginning of us at least starting the conversation and the dialogue again. And he asked me to come visit him. He offered to pay for my flight, but we had such a great visit. And after that, we started to get much closer and closer. And God really started doing a work on our relationship. And by the time he passed away, people who knew the situation couldn't believe how God had just radically transformed our own relationship. So I would say to those LGBT individuals, you may have disagreements with your parents, but I would ask you to take stop with the feelings for just a moment and realize at the end of the day, they're not perfect and you aren't perfect. I'm not perfect, but they love you and they love you enough to tell you the truth. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the Christians who are trying to share this with you care enough about you and care enough about your soul, whereas the LGBT community could care less if you die and go to hell. And yeah. if you ever decide to leave that life, Again, I devoted 25 years to wow. this life. And when I walked out of it, I was deemed a traitor. And the backlash that came with it and the friends that I lost, simply because I had had enough, I never tried to pro proselytize, whatever the word is, yeah. um, to them. But they knew where I stood. But what was I, I was really hurt that even if they didn't agree with it, at least they could have said, you know what, George, if this is what makes you happy, I fully support you because we all deserve to be happy. But I didn't yeah. even get that respect. So to the LGBT individuals, if you think that community is going to embrace you, if you finally one day wake up and realize this isn't for me, I want to give God a chance and I want to give my life to Christ. I want to think about my eternal soul and where I spend it, where I spend eternity. And you walk out of that life you watch how quickly they turn on you. Why do you think that is? I mean, because that that it, it, they present themselves as as the most inclusive group, <laughs> and yet the inclusivity, you know, again, like I I talk about my daughter's situation. Um, it, it's not just a matter of of the desire to say, "Let me do how I want to live." It's I'm going to live how I'm going to live you're going to not only like it, but you're going to promote it and affirm it and push it or else you're horrible. Like th there's no, there's no middle ground. There's no, okay, I can, I can respect you as a person. You're choosing something that I don't agree with. Okay. I mean, I have, a, I know other people that that's the case, you know, in life where somebody doesn't agree with you and they live a different lifestyle, but you can still be friends. You can still be comrades or whatever it is, but this particular community, that's almost impossible. Yeah. I know they proclaim to be the most tolerant, loving, caring, inclusive, respectful group of people, but they are the biggest two-faced hypocrites. They are yeah. more hateful than the Christians they rail against. Wow. I lived it and I know how hypocritical they are. Even when I was in the community and a lot of people may not know this, even in the gay and the lesbian community, there's a lot of separation. Gays don't like the, the lesbians. The lesbians don't like the gays yeah. and in the gay community. You've got people who don't like the tops or the bottoms or the effeminate. There's, there's no unity within that community. It's yeah. just a big joke, but you know, and I guess there are knuckleheads in the Christian community, sure. but I will say there are some good, fair-minded gays and lesbians in the LGBT community who grew up with faith 
and they they love the Lord. They love Jesus. They may be struggling with that dilemma, but they appreciate Christians and the Christian faith and are respectful. And yeah. then you have Christians within the, the Christian community. Some may be hard hearted, but some really do have a compassionate heart and a yeah. care and a concern for those LGBT individuals. So we both communities need to stop acting like the other is the enemy. Start trying to get along with each other and start trying to dialogue. And for those who are mean-spirited, both LGBT and Christians, they need to check their attitudes and mm. start being respectful because you're not going to get anywhere yeah. with all of the fussing and the fighting. Why not sit down and just say, we can agree to disagree, but let's talk it out. And yeah. who knows? You might actually learn something. And yeah. all I have to say is to those LGBT individuals, if you've had enough, do like I did. It was either commit suicide or give Jesus a chance. So I thought, well, I'm going to give him a chance. And it was the best decision I made. You have nothing to lose and yeah. everything to gain. How? What is the percent, do you think, of those that are that are in the LGBT or the trans religion, that this this group that have really um, an understanding with God who, who were raised even in Christian homes? If I had to guess, I would say a good 40 to 50 percent. Okay. There are mm -hmm. a lot of atheists and I, I, there are a lot. Satanism is very, and the occult are yes, really very taking strong. root. Yep. And that's because if Christians want to understand this, the reason, and even I, I delved into the occult and new age teachings and Hinduism. Wow. What draws people to that, and at least for me, is when you grow up feeling powerless, I thought the occult and Satanism was a way of taking control by casting spells, by manipulating. Now, wow. I never went that far in terms of casting spells. I believe the Holy Spirit really put a halt to that. But a lot of people who go into the dark arts Mm -hmm. are really hurting and broken. But for them, this is a way of no one's going to hurt me again, and I'm going to start taking control of my life, and I'm going to go after my enemies. And that's why it's so important for Christians, when you think going to the uh, the gay pride parades and tell, yelling, turn or burn, yeah. and all of this stuff that is so hateful, you're just making the LGBT community more indignant and more yeah. angry. And I want the LGBT community to know there are so many Christians who really do care for you and yeah. they will ask me, what can I do to help them? Right. They have such a burden for you guys. So yeah. I want you to know, please. Yeah. If you meet some knuckleheads, don't lump all of them in this. There's Jews and Muslims and atheists yes. and Buddhists and Hindus who are just as hateful. And believe me, I know some Buddhists that I would rather, I'd rather hang out with Satan than some of the Buddhists that I knew who were just so rotten and filthy and hateful and vile. So wow. let's stop again and start looking at an individual instead of lumping everybody into a group and then just saying, oh, they're this and they're that. Yeah. It's, it's very childish and we need to move past that. How, how do you, so what would be, you know, and I'm curious this of, of my own, right? I mean, my, my situation, I have really no communications with my daughter every now and then I'll, I'll send a, I love you. I just thinking about you and I love you. Usually it's responded with, no, you don't. Cause if you loved me, you would accept all of this. And I, I don't respond to that. You know, when, when the response comes back and it's, the way I say it is, well, that's not my daughter speaking. That's, you know, that's the enemy that's working. And so, and I'm not going to respond to that. I'm going to just can, but what do you, what would you say? There's such a wide range. Um, there's, there's Christian parents who, um, I don't know, I guess not the word is affirm, but they will, they, they will kind of go along. They will call this, the student a new name. If, if let's say they're in the trans world and they're dead naming, and then they want a new name, they will call them by the new name. Or, um, if it's, you know, I know more in that world, obviously than just the LGBT, but what, what would you say to the parents that are in the midst of this? And, and, Again, this is kind of an open-ended question, so I apologize because it depends on the situation, I know. But what are some of the things that you would say coming from this that would be beneficial? I have a friend. Her name is Laura Perry. She wrote a book called From Transgender to Transformed, and she went through the same thing with her own mother. Her mother would not affirm her male name. Um, and that would just cause a lot of battles. Yeah. But Laura told me that by her mother, even though she would get angry, every time her mother called her by her name, her real name, her birth name, she said it kept her tethered to reality. Wow. And as time went on, yes, they had their battles. But 
Tanya, this is the, the amazing way that even God worked in her own life, that when she was kind of when at her rock bottom level, and she had already had the surgeries, the bottom yeah. surgery, yeah. the top surgery, and she talks about the nightmare and just feeling like a fraud and she couldn't find any peace. But when God was slowly wooing her back, her mother, she said that her, she really saw a change in her mother first, that it really brought her mother to her knees. And realized instead of just being religious, she really had to learn to rely on God. Yeah. And I say that to the parents for this reason. God may transform you first. <laughs> but what happened was, was she started teaching these lessons and she was just giving them to Laura to put on the Internet so her class, could, the women, could read them. Yeah. But as Laura's putting it on the Internet, she's reading the word. And the word started soaking into her and she ended up giving her life to Christ and she left that lifestyle and she's now married and yeah. she's she completely changed her life. And she's a lovely woman, but she talks I've about seen her testimony. Heart. You know, I've seen her story on videos and yeah. um, she's another one that I'm just like, wow, it's so encouraging. I know my, I believe my daughter has had top surgery. Um, okay. I don't, and I only know that because of the Huffington Post article and the photos that they put up, you know, I, I know her body type, you know, so, um, and it's, it's, I'll tell, I mean, as a parent, and my daughter has said this, you know, would you, you would obviously rather I be dead. That's the the response. And I, I've said this and I've, I've posted it and it's devastating because my daughter that's what the enemy is trying to do is to kill mm -hmm. her. So my daughter in many ways is dead, but yet she's still there and I have no access. And it's a, it's horrifying. I mean, as a, as a parent that brought this child in to the world, it's horrifying. All I know is what I'll tell other parents is God knew before the beginning of time, we were going to have to be the parents that he chose for these kids. And I'll tell you what, I pray harder for her. I mean, that sounds maybe bad. I pray for my other kids too, but I pray in a very different way for that daughter that I know is out there in the midst of the crossfire of the enemy's arrows because she doesn't know. Yeah. She's she's out in the middle of a war field and has no idea that one of these could take her out. And um, it, it changes how I pray. And, and, and it has caused me to have to 100% rely on the Lord. I have had to put her on an altar and go, Lord, I have no power in this, no say in this whatsoever. And I have to trust that you love my daughter a million times more than I ever could. Um, but it is very, it, it, it's horrifying to live in this kind of a culture right now. Mm -hmm. And I would say to your daughter, and I say this in love, really listen to the former trans males and who are detransitioning and listen to the horror stories of what they've been through as a result of taking, having the surgeries, the infections, the botched surgeries, the complications. One girl I know of has had, when she had her initial surgery, it was so botched and she had so many complications that she has since had over 30 plus surgeries to try to correct all of those problems. It's a nightmare. It's nothing but plastic surgery yeah. and you can get it all. And even if it's successful at the end of the day, God still created you to be a woman and your DNA, your chromosomes, everything is going to say female. And all you're going to do is compound your problems with an onslaught of other issues. And Laura and so many of these others who are, have detransitioned have paid a price for it. I would just beg you with so much respect and love that you listen to their stories first and realize we are not your enemy. It's the, the enemy is the medical community and the, the media and those who are pushing this and supporting it. All they are doing is the doctors are going to get rich off of you. Yeah. And then you will have to pick up the pieces of your sad life that has been destroyed by this lie. And they don't care because they have their money. Yeah. And it's all a money racket. Yeah, exactly. Let, talk more about that. What have you seen, you know, being because obviously, you know, you're <laughs> you're one of the experts. You know, you're you're a subject matter expert on this. And so you've seen behind the curtain. You've been there, you've seen it. What are you know, the the things you've seen like that, like what you're sharing with the stories? I mean, why do you think the medical community is is doing I mean, they're maiming children, especially now you think of these parents that bring four-year-olds in. And they go, well, don't worry, we'll put them on medications. They'll they'll never have to deal with this. 
what else are you seeing other than the financial aspect of why they're doing this? Well, first of all, I had a male who was going to transition to trans female and two of his trans female friends who had already gone through the process told him flat out, don't do it. They warned him, don't do it because he was going to go get castrated and all of the other stuff to start the transition. Even they were warning him and thank God he didn't do it. Wow. But Tanya, I think the real issue is thanks to the LGBT, the militant LGBT activists. They have produced such a climate of fear that a lot of the medical professional professionals who may know that this is the wrong thing to do are afraid of being sued or having their lives destroyed wow. or their li their licenses taken away. So they just fine. If this is what you want. I'll run you and fast track this for you. You can pick up the pieces. I'm still going to maintain my medical license and go through this. Of course, you have others who don't care. They're making so much money off of these individuals. They have couldn't have a conscience. They know that they can't successfully turn someone into the opposite sex. God does not make mistakes when assigning our gender. So as Laura said, she said, for me, it was having to learn to change my mind to match my body, not change my body to match wow. my mind. So again, there are, are so many reasons why these medical professionals are doing it. But even with the counselors, they're so terrified of being accused of being yes. transphobic. And it's like, no, they, they care and they, they want to help you. But the activists, the militant activists have tied their hands to the point of where it's like, fine, this is what y'all want. Have at it. And they, you, you pick up the pieces. And you've been out. So you've been out of that lifestyle for 16 years and you were in it for 25. So you, so what year was that when you, what would have been that? Like the mid 80s, nineties? I left in uh, 43, so uh, 16, I, whatever 16 years minus, yeah, so right. 13, 14, somewhere around there. I'm not so that sure. had to have been, so then, so, but I mean, you, so you've, the reason I say that is because you've seen the, originally it was just gay or lesbian back, I mean, the 80s, that was how we looked at it. Mm -hmm. And we, we saw, I mean, we could even dive into the HIV yes. craze and that again, was was the government and the medical people killing off people who were gay that that's mm -hmm. all that that was and yeah. and the aids epidemic all because of ultimately fauci and these these vaccines and the things that he was giving these individuals why why do you think i don't know if this is even a question that individuals fall like you know they don't see it they don't see that like currently with the trans agenda because it's grown right but it's the it's the medical it's the elites it's the ones that are pushing these medications so that they can kill these people off ultimately yeah it's like an octopus with all of these tentacles yeah. and there's all of these dark forces who are working to destroy this community and i've tried saying to my gay friend my lgbt friends the world doesn't care about you. The right. global elite don't care about you. The Democratic Party certainly doesn't care right. about you because they will support Islam. But yet Islam will turn around. You know, a Christian may say to a homosexual, hey, it's an abomination. You need to come out of that and follow Christ and try to live a life that's pleasing to him. And they get outraged at that. But they will turn around and support a party that supports the very religion that will execute them and throw them off of buildings yes. and hang them from cranes. I've seen the video footage. I know it's not some conspiracy theory. Right. It's mind boggling the mindset of these people. It's almost as if they have lost critical thinking skills. And that's why the number of gays and lesbians who have defected the Democratic Party are waking up and they are seeing the corporations don't even care. You are nothing but a dollar bill to them. But and that's, them that's, that's really, uh, I mean, I'm watching that, right? Just in this, mm -hmm. since the summer, we are seeing, oh, I mean, it's interesting. You think of Dylan Mulvaney and the Bud White, mm -hmm. the Bud Light stuff, even though he's still wrapped into this and he's, he's got his other stuff. He, he came back and got real mad at Bud Light because all of a sudden he saw, oh, they don't care about me. They're just using me. And, Someone said with the Huffington Post with my daughter, the most horrifying thing was that that news, horrible, not even news source, they're, they're a rag. They used my daughter to push their agenda. That's mm -hmm. all they did. They don't mm -hmm. care about her. If nope. she gets sick this fall, if something happens, they're not going to come to her aid. They could care less. 
It, you know, if she loses her job, they're not going to come help and do another story. And that is the part that I guess that as an outsider, that's really hard to understand. Like how, how, why do the, why are these people not seeing that, that, you know, that these organizations, they're not out to help them. They're literally out to destroy them. Yeah. And that's why I would say to your daughter and even to my LGBT friends and so many others at the end of the day, let's say you have cancer or you've been in a bad car wreck and you need someone to bathe you, feed you, give yes. you medications. Do you think they're going to show up and help you? No, they're not. But it's those family members and those close friends of yours who will take an active interest in you and be there to help you during those dark times. And Tanya, that was really one of the wake up calls for me aside other things aside from other things was this is the thing I noticed the older gay men that I was around because the youth, the gay culture is so youth oriented uh -huh. that it's a meat market. And as long as you are young, you look good, you have the six pack abs and you are worked out and all of that stuff, you are the desired meat on the sure. market. But once you age and your looks fade, your body falls apart. I've seen these gay men who fought for the gay rights. And they are discarded like dish rags while the young gays and lesbians come on up and they have no real appreciation for those who fought or laid the groundwork sure. for them to even have the freedom that they have today. There's no appreciation. So when I would see the gay men sitting alone, getting drunk in the bars, wow. going home to no one, their family members have died off or they don't have anything to do with them or their friends are dying around them. What do you have left at the end of the day? nothing. And that's where God really started to work on me. He was like, if you want this path, here's the end of the road for you. And it was so distressing to me. And I just said, no, this is not going to be the end of the road for me. And I wasn't even sure God was going to be a part of the equation. I just knew I'm getting out of this. This is not it for me. I've given it 25 years and it has not brought about the peace and the joy that I should have had. So again, I decided to give God a chance and boy, did it pay off. And then, I mean, you had to kind of restart all, I mean, because yes. now you're walking, now you've lost the 25 years of community that you built. Mm -hmm. And what was it like from, from, um, the prodigal perspective and, and your family perspective, were you already in, you were already in relationships somewhat with them by the time you walked out of the lifestyle? Yes. Um, the very difficult part of this was when I released the book and I told my friends where I stood, I never talked down to them or belittled them. Sure. I just told them, this is God, this is what God has revealed to me. And I'm saying to them that I had to accept this just like you have to accept sure. it. You may choose to reject it. If eternity in hell is worth a romp in the sack and a few nights of drugs, pornography, and partying, how bad it. But this is not going to be the life for me. I lost 90% of my friends and I, and some of these friendships I had cultivated 10, 20, 30 plus years and to lose them all of a sudden, I really went through a deep grieving process. It was really a difficult time. And then to walk into a church where the pastors may rail against the homosexuals, yeah. they don't want to lift a finger to do anything to help them yeah. because they don't realize once you walk out of that lifestyle, you've got to have a safe space. You've got to have some kind of support system. And so you're walking into a church with people who are ill-equipped yeah. to deal with these individuals. And that's why so many of them fall back into that life because they don't have that support system. Wow. I think the only reason why I'm stronger is I'm really more of a loner and an introvert anyway. And I was so tired of just that lifestyle and life in general and the rat race of Los Angeles. I enjoyed the downtime. And I'm so thankful that God really isolated me probably mm -hmm. much like he did Moses when he left Egypt to really deprogram me of the lies of the LGBT activists and the liberal theologians yeah. and to start seeing Christians in a different light. And once I got into a small church where it was mostly elderly men and women, Tanya, the great thing was, was they really loved on me. And Laura talks about that as well. Mm -hmm. She had so many people love on her and her church. And that just meant so much to me. I gained a lot of grandmothers and grandfathers and they fed me a lot. So it was great. But I enjoyed just being close to God again and studying his word and and just realizing, man, I wished I had gotten out of that lifestyle in 10 years and not 25 years. So I want the LGBT individuals to know you can stay in there as long as you like. 
You're never going to find what you're looking for, and you're never going to find any peace. And I don't want you to go through the, what I and so many others have gone through. I pray that you will wake up now rather than later and save yourself a lot of the heartache that we've gone through. And if you want to be defiant and say that you know better, it doesn't change the fact that God is still on the throne. You cannot outrun him. And no matter where you go, he's not going to give you peace. He's eventually going to get your attention. And you better pray he doesn't have to take your health or bring you literally to your knees to cry out to him. But whatever it takes, I encourage parents to pray that God do whatever it takes short of taking my child's life to bring them out of that bondage and to bring them back home to you because I don't want them to die and go to hell. And whatever you do, I'm not going to balk or question you. At the end of the day, what matters is, is I don't want my child to die in their sin and to die and go to hell. You've got to be firm and you've got to trust God in the process. He will do the work. And I'm seeing him bring so many people out of that life. That's such a good um, prayer advice. That's It's hard. That's hard to pray. I, I pray often um, bring her to her lowest spot as, you know, as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, if she's hearing this, she'll think that's a horrible thing, but it's out of love. It's because I, I don't want her. She's young. She's only 24. I don't want her stuck in this. Um, but that's really a good, that's a wonderful piece of advice and hard, but parents, we need, we need to understand because I know like in our situation now, my parents, they're believers, they pray. I've got my kids, the, the siblings, we're all praying. We're, you know, praying for her. Um, but I know her dad isn't, he, he doesn't believe in any of that anymore. And so Sometimes if you're the only parent who's praying, well, that's a responsibility that we have, you know, to hold them up. What was it like? Did it take a long time or did the Lord kind of start to transform your mind? You know, the, the mind, cause our minds, you know, we get, we do that no matter what it's, the sin is or whatever we're involved in, we get into those cycles. How did, how, what was that process like for you? Well, Tanya, let me say this first. The additional piece of a prayer that I would add is also pray to God that he will destroy all relationships that keep them tied to that lifestyle as well. Really isolate them and bring them to their knees. They may get angry at that, but it's the only way that I was going to really be able to wake up. And for me, my awakening. Great. Yeah. So Tanya, for me, um, really how God worked what was your question again? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I know I interrupted you. Okay. Um, it, it was the transformation of your mind. What, oh. what was that experience like? Let's take God out of the equation for a moment. Okay. Here I am. I'm in this lifestyle, sleeping with hundreds of men, looking so desperately to find someone to love, hopefully hoping someone would love me. And I saw how easy it was for, for cheating. I'd been cheated on so many times. Yeah. It seemed like no one was faithful. And even those who were in committed monogamous relationships really had open relationships or they cheated around both male and female. And I was getting very cynical and I was tired of having my heart broken. I was searching for something more than just partying and fun times. There's got to be more to life. Why am I here? So there were a lot of questions that were arising, but that's why I went to through Hinduism and the occult and new age teachings. I really thought, Maybe I can build my own brand of spirituality by going through these world religions. But thank God he allowed me to go through that, to not only expose the holes in those religions, but to see how they don't even work. And I still couldn't get any peace. Wow. So when they're telling you, you've got to work to earn your salvation and there's reincarnation, that's the biggest joke on planet. To be told, as miserable as I was, when someone who believed in reincarnation told me, oh, you get to come back and do this over and over yeah. and over and over again, You're like, I wanted to go jump in front of a bus. I was like, I, I don't I don't want to hear that. But wow. to look at the cross and see that, okay, Jesus paid all of my sin debt. I don't have to work to earn salvation. And we only live one life. And he promises this heavenly place where there's no more crying and sorrow and tears. Yeah. And for someone who didn't have their peace of mind, That is what appealed to me. And I was so grateful when I really looked at the teachings of Jesus and what he suffered going to and on the cross. I thought, man, he really does love us, even the LGBT individuals. So it was really just a process of many things. 
that really made me just get more introverted and introspective and God just working some things out. And if you use your critical thinking skills, you finally realize, you know what, this is all now starting to make sense. And that's why I walked out of that life. I have no regrets. I wished I had done it sooner. And I will, I do not ever want to go back into that lifestyle. Wow. And, and you said this earlier and I, I, wanted to reiterate this because I've, I'm seeing this. We are seeing such a, as and I think it's because the dark, right? We're seeing the dark push this agenda so heavy into our kids and in the schools and all of this. But at the same time, we are seeing so many people who have walked out of that lifestyle with a voice. Mm-hmm. Like Laura, like yourself, There, there's handfuls of the, Chloe. There's so many of these individuals who are speaking out and and we're seeing the detransitioning the I mean I don't think that's a, a coincidence by any stretch of the imagination I think we are seeing God move sovereignly so heavy in this community right now mm-hmm. the thing I would say to the LGBT individuals is this ask yourself why is it that the media is trying to silence our voices aren't you an adult Shouldn't they respect you enough to say, you don't decide for me. I will listen to the pro LGBT narrative. I will also listen to the anti LGBT narrative from a Christian conservative standpoint. And I will make my own decisions. I will see what's right for me. And who are they to dictate what lifestyle I have to have? Not only that, the gay men and women that I know of, who didn't want to be saddled with those feelings, who so desperately wanted to be married to someone of the opposite sex because they wanted children. That's the lifestyle they wanted. But yet when they're trying to get counseling, the the activists are trying to shut down anybody from even being able to try to get the right kind of counseling that they desire. Yeah. Who are they to make that decision? So I would say to you, if the day ever comes where you decide I want to do A, B, C, and D because I feel this is best for me, how would you feel if the activists and the media and the government stepped in and said, no, you can't do that. We will tell you that you must be saddled with these feelings and you must go down the path that we tell you to, and you will follow the narrative we tell you to. How would that make you feel? And if that upsets you and pisses you off, sorry, Imagine how we feel, those of us who've had our voices silenced, yeah. because we're not coming from a place of looking down on the LGBT community. I am not a self-loathing homosexual. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to know that it's a dead-end path, and yeah. I don't want to see you go through what I and so many others have gone through. Wow. I just beg you to please just get the, get the chip off your shoulder and just listen. And I'm so thankful I had Christians in my life who loved me enough to not get woke and not worried about my feelings, but they were worried about my soul and where I spend eternity. And they in love still told me the truth. And here I am today out of that bondage for 16 years. It can be done. And God will fill that void in so many other ways. It's amazing. Such an amazing story. Is there anything else? We've got just a few minutes left that you would, um, that you just feel led to share or address, even if it's something we didn't talk about. I would say to the LGBT individuals, I apologize overall for the Christian community if you've had some unfortunate experiences with the mean-spirited individuals. And if you're honest, you know there are some hateful LGBT individuals. So I would ask you to stop. Be fair-minded. And those Christians who are trying to talk to you about the Lord, instead of getting on the defensive, just be respectful and listen. You have nothing to lose by listening. Um. And I just want to apologize for the community as a whole. And I just want you to know, don't put God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit on the level of people. God is fighting for you. Understand, you are so important to God. This is how important you are. In the spiritual realm, and and if you don't believe this, there are Satanists who actually summon demons to attack their enemies. They will tell you there is a spiritual realm. And in that realm, you have God and you have Satan who are both fighting for you and your soul. That's how important you are. That's how big this battle is. And either you're going to go with God and obey him and follow him and repent from your sins, pick up your cross and follow him, stay focused on the eternal reward, or go do whatever you want and let Satan have you. But the destruction and the eternal torment and a place called hell, which is real, 
will be your destiny and there's no getting out of it. Yeah. Really think about your soul and eternity and stop worrying about what the world says and what people think. Mm -hmm. And lastly, to the Christians, I would say the best way to witness to these individuals is stop trying to change them. Mm. Get to know them, gain their trust, and don't see this as, oh, I got to check mark another homosexual I've brought out of the lifestyle. Be a decent human being. Get to know them. Ask them to open up and share their heartaches. You'll find so many are broken and they're hurting, and they need our empathy and our compassion, and they need our prayers. And don't talk about them and give them a safe place to go to church. And hopefully they are sitting under a pastor who has the guts and the conviction to speak the truth of God's word, all of it, to the LGBT individuals, God is love. But they conveniently leave out, leave out the part that God is also a God of wrath and judgment. That's how much he hates sin. He's a holy God. It is wicked. It is offensive to him, gay or straight. So it, when you look at this from that perspective and stop being so self-centered yeah. and start thinking about God's feelings, and what he went through when he put his son on the cross, how it had to have grieved him to see his son suffer when he was perfect and sinless, but to pay for our sin debt. And then you dare question if God loves you or not. Yeah. And it has taken me some time to understand that. But God's love, you'll never see more of God's love that is evidenced by what is what Jesus did on the cross. And I just ask you to really rethink your path in life before it's too late, because Jesus is going to return soon. And whether you believe it or not, God is on the throne. It is his way. He has the final say, and nothing's going to thwart his plan. Wow. So good. It's such an honor to have you on the show and um, just such a powerful voice and, and wisdom. And because it's hard. This is hard. This is a whole new uncharted territory for so many of us to to figure out how do we pray what do we say what do we not say you know it, it's difficult so i so appreciate your candidness and your advice and your wisdom and um gosh the ways for parents to pray is just so valid people can find you on the wet and your website right georgecarneal.com correct that's car and then neil n-e-a-l and your book, From Queer to Christ, is that is it best to get that on your website? Um, it's actually sold through Amazon and other oh. places, but you can go to my okay. website and find okay. it. And Tanya, I felt like there was one more thing I needed to tell you that was very important. And now it just slipped my mind. But, oh, I know what it is. And Christians and parents, if you um, are very shy about sharing to the LGBT individuals, share this program. Yeah. Just simply copy and paste. If people are offended, who cares? Why would you offend some offend them into heaven, not love them into hell? Yeah. So share this video and maybe it will reach some individuals and help transform their lives. God loves them and there is hope in Christ. Amen. So good. Oh, I'm glad you added that. Yeah, so good. It I believe that this is going to be the next huge harvest of people actually that are going to come into the kingdom is it going to be. And one thing the Lord said to me, and it was hard because I, I'm part of it, right? Is he had said, he goes, the parents of these children are not ready yeah. and I can't bring them home if the parents are not ready. And I just was like, Whoa. I mean, that that's hard. I mean, you know, it, it, it is not easy we have, as a parent, we have to take all of our expectations, all of our hopes, all of our thoughts, our things, and we've got to put them on a shelf yeah. and see our kids for where they are and be ready for them to come home. It's, uh, but I do believe that they're coming home. I really do. Yeah. And Tanya, can I say one more thing real yes. quickly? Yeah. It's important for parents to also understand you are dealing with spiritual warfare. Yeah. There may be some generational curse issues going on. There may be some uh, hexes, spells, curses that have been put on the family line or you're going through, or maybe your children have opened up doorways to the occult. Maybe you have unknowingly. You don't know what the demonic activity is that's going on. So there are things that can't be fixed in the natural realm until it's addressed in the spiritual realm. So if this is an occult, demonic, generational curse thing, do your research on generational prayers and how yes. to break uh, demonic strongholds and pray those prayers. Go before the throne of God and have him break that because that may be key to yes. then breaking that 
giving uh, deliverance to those who are in that bondage. That's so wise. Yeah, I know that's something in our situation. I know my daughter is part of the occult. She's I've, I know that. So I know and I, and I know because I've gone into the generational stuff with our family, you know, line because I want our family clean, that there is stuff in there. And it, that is vital. And for the Christians that don't believe that <laughs> it's real, this is a spiritual war and this, mm-hmm. there is spiritual warfare going on. And when the last disciple left the earth, it did not all the gifts and all those things didn't leave with them. They're still here today. And that's why we've got to be aware. There are demons. There are things that come and try and steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil's job is. So, wow. So good, George. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for being a voice, for writing this book. My gosh, just everything. Thank you so much. Hang tight, y'all. Thanks for joining us. Please share this. Share it with your church friends especially because we've got to understand how to be better Christ followers and loving. This is the next harvest. We've got to know how to bring this harvest in. So God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining the show today, and we will see you tomorrow. Until then, bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.